evening, and welcome to the Marriage Reform Prayer Call. My name is Kim Moore, and I am so excited that you guys are here tonight praying with us, uh, just uh, devouring kingdom principles as they apply to marriage. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we pray, we teach, and we apply what we've taught through prayer. And so we're praying for four reasons. We pray because Look, husbands and wives need it. We all know somebody, some couple, some husband or wife that is struggling, and some on the line perhaps could be struggling. And the second reason we pray each week is that unity in our nation depends on unity in our homes, and that begins with husbands and wives. And thirdly, marriage is the answer to unity among the sexes. And so as husbands and wives come together and walk together in Christ, we are the best example, the best display of God's glory and what he had in mind when he wanted the genders to be one and genders to be fluid. We are that. And so as husbands and wives come together in unity, units, two units forming a unity will bless the nation. And then lastly, because we believe that marriage is crucial to the revival in our nation. And just as all of the souls come in at this end time harvest, we need husbands and wives, we need families, we need homes that can help and facilitate the harvest that we've been praying for. And so we're up to 27 states praying with us, um, and we're believing God for the remaining 23. And as many of you know, we've been talking about jumping for joy as the phase two. We've been praying for over a year. And in January 2020, we will begin going to each state, putting our feet on the ground in each state, uh, praying and declaring kingdom principles uh, in those states. And so we hope that you'll be a part of it. I'm excited to tell you. We do have a web page that you can get more information about that. And also, if you're interested in taking the journey with us, we need all the help we can get. So there's information out there for you. You will just need to go to my website, more, M-O-O-R-E, onrelationships.com. And on the first page, you'll see a visual, and then right beneath it, there'll uh, be a button where, it's a, where you can click to learn more. And it's a one-pager, short and sweet. You'll find out what we're doing, why we're doing it, and how you can get involved. I encourage you to go there and take a look. It is phase two to what we've been doing. We've been praying. Phase one is that we have canvassed this nation in the air through prayer for over a year and a half, and now we're going to put our feet on the ground to take this, uh, take this message even further. Well, each week we open with prayer. We, we excuse me, teach for a few minutes, and then we pray the word that is taught. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me one second. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's pray and let's get started. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are gathered here in your name. And you said where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in the midst of them. And so, Father God, we counted a joy that you were present with us. 
We thank you that though our eyes cannot see you, our faith senses you. And you said he who comes to you must believe that you are and that you are the reward of them that diligently seek you. You also said without faith it is impossible to please you. And so, Father, we bring our faith to you tonight, God. We bring our desire to know you in the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. And so, Father God, we open our heart to your word engrafted upon us tonight, God. Lord, we thank you that your truth, Lord, will be a light, Lord, unto our feet and a lamp, uh, a lamp unto our path, a lamp unto our path and a light unto our feet. God, we just thank you tonight, God, for all that are on this line, God. And Lord, together we offer you ourselves, we offer you our faith, and we offer you our desire, God, that you would live fully and completely in us even through your Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, we rely upon you to interpret your word, the word of the Father and the word of the Son, and that you would make sense of things, Lord. And we just bless you and we thank you for the wisdom from above that is peaceful and pure, easy to be received, and sets people free in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, for the past several weeks, we've been examining scriptures on divorce and remarriage. And we're going to wrap this up before Christmas, but purposefully, we've been looking at each scripture we've walked, we went through uh, Deuteronomy 24.1, Moses' law, Malachi 2, Luke 16 and 18, Mark 10, 1 through 12. Last week, we looked at Matthew 19, 1 through 8. And all of these messages, all of these teachings and prayers are available by replay. And so we encourage you, uh, if you missed any, uh, to go back and certainly hear those messages. I think perhaps the biggest takeaway of all of the scriptures we've looked at so far, if there is a a common theme or a context to Moses' law in in Deuteronomy 24 and Jesus' interactions with the Pharisees in the New Testament has been sexual immorality. Uh, sexual immorality has been what has, has been most prominent in each case, in each scripture that we've looked at thus far, sexual immorality has been the issue. Jesus condemned divorce and remarriage when it was used to indulge sexual appetite. Let me say that again. Jesus in Luke 16 and 18, Mark 10, 1 through 12, And Matthew 19, 1 through 8, Jesus condemned divorce and remarriage when it was used to indulge sexual appetites. Let me say this. Neither Moses nor Jesus was establishing a doctrine. Through all of the scriptures we've looked at so far, they were not establishing a doctrine that is to be applied to every circumstance Uh, when divorce is involved, that Jesus is the only mediator, and I'm speaking, I want you to get this, that Jesus is the only mediator between man and God is doctrine. It applies to all people everywhere, all the time, and in every circumstance, that there is no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved is a doctrine. It applies to Everyone, everywhere, all the time, and in every situation and circumstance. Doctrine is unchangeable. It's applicable to all. It is fixed and immutable. 
what Jesus and Moses spoke about concerning divorce was not a doctrine on divorce because divorce occurs for many other reasons other than sexual immorality. So uh, we, and so, excuse me, the scriptures that we've read so far are very helpful to us because even though they may not apply to every situation, one thing we know about those scriptures, that God looks on the heart of a person and not simply the behavior of a person. So when a person, a husband or wife, are contemplating divorce, those scriptures are very useful to us for allowing the Holy Spirit to examine our motives um, to offer, uh, and to offer those to whom they apply advice and God's best advice to those who are in a situation where they are thinking about using divorce because there's someone else they see. And we know this has happened. We know this has happened in the pulpit. I've heard it said um, that God showed me my wife while I was married to, to my other wife and got divorced and married this other person. It's happened all the time. And so these scriptures are useful and, and God's best response when these cases or when these situations um, are the case. Um, and when considering divorce, again, God is most concerned with our motives. That's what he's evaluating. So some things you might ask yourself if you're considering a divorce is, why do I want a divorce? What am I afraid of? Is unforgiveness contributing to my desire to divorce? Is divorce um, a way to feed my sexual appetite? And is divorce the most loving thing I can do for all concerned? So tonight, I want to look at Paul's words on divorce and remarriage. Again, I think it's important that we consider the context. Amy's asking me here to repeat the uh, question. Let me say them again for those that are writing them down. One, why do I want to divorce? What am I afraid of? Am I using divorce to satisfy my sexual appetites? Is unforgiveness contributing to my desire to divorce? Is divorce the most loving thing I can do for all concerned? So Paul's words or divorce and remarriage. Again, I want to put it in a context because context is so important um, when considering and trying to understand what God is trying to teach us through his word. So here um, we're going to, we're going to spend the time in first Corinthians seven, for those of you that have your Bibles, but I want to read some scriptures in first Corinthians six because they set up, um, chapter 7. So 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10 says this, Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse, or extortion, these will not in- inherit God's kingdom realm. Let me just pause and just make this one statement about about sexual immorality and sexual sin. One of the things that makes it so grievous 
not only is it a sin against our own body, as we'll read, but also sex, sexual immorality and sexual sin, it leads to idolatry because it is the worship. It is using your body to worship what is antichrist. And that's the, that, 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 and God hates idolatry. He said he will have no other God. We would have no other God before him that we must choose whom we're going to serve. We cannot serve him and mammon. Can't serve him in the flesh. 1 Corinthians six fifteen through 18. Don't you know that your bodies belong to Christ as his body parts? Should one presume to take the members of Christ's body and make them into members of a harlot? Absolutely not. Aren't you aware of the fact that when anyone sleeps with a prostitute, he becomes part of her and she becomes part of him or vice versa? If it's a woman sleeping with a man, it works both ways. For it has been declared, the two become a single body. Now, we, t- we know that you become a single body that, in the flesh, but also spiritually you become a single body, and that's where worship enters into it. Verse 17, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit. See, when you join your bodies together, it is your spirit being joined. And so sexual immorality is the joining of a spirit that is antichrist and that, uh, that is a worship of an antichrist. But look what it says. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality. For every other sin a person commits is external to the body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. And now we get to 1 Corinthians 7, and I'm going to read 1 through 10. And I'm going to pause just uh, so that we catch what we're saying. I encourage you, implore you, go back and read these things and ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate what I'm saying and to make real to you what I'm saying and what, more importantly, what he say. So 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 9. Now for my response concerning the issue you asked me to address. You wrote saying, is it proper for a man to live in celibacy? Perhaps, but because of the danger of immorality, each person, each husband, should have sexual intimacy with his wife, and each wife should have sexual intimacy with her husband. Then that uh, New Living Translation reads those verses this way. Yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. And lastly, the Amplified reads it this way. It is well, and by that I mean advantageous, expedient, profitable, and wholesome for a man not to touch a woman, to cohabitate with her, but to remain unmarried. But because of the temptation and because of the temptation to impurity and to avoid immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. So in 1 Corinthians 6, the scriptures I read you, and now at the very beginning of chapter 7, we're reading about, again, sexual morality. Verse 3 says, a husband has the responsibility of meeting the sexual needs of his wife and likewise a wife to her husband. 
Neither the husband nor the wife have exclusive rights to their own body, but those rights are to be surrendered to the other. And, and the word surrender means is, is a willful act of yielding. It's not a demanding of sex from your spouse. It is a willing submission one to another, offering one's body to the other. Verse 5, so don't continue to refuse your spouse those rights except perhaps by mutual agreement for a specified time so that both may be, be devoted to prayer. And then you should resume physical pleasure so that the adversary cannot take advantage of you because of the desires of your body. I'm not giving you a divine command, but my godly advice. I wish that all of you could live unmarried just as I do. Yet I understand that we are all decidedly different, with each having a special grace for one thing to another for one thing or another. Let me say this about rights, because it says here, so don't continue to refuse your spouse these rights. We have this, according to Scripture, the right, our body's not our own, in marriage, it, it is the others. We have the right. But as a Christian, there are times where you will have to lay down your right for the benefit of the kingdom, for the benefit of each other. So don't take the scripture, I have a right to this, as something that God may never ask you to lay down, because there are times he may ask you to lay it down for the sake of your spouse or, uh, well, specifically for the sake of your spouse. And I'll just leave that there at this point. Uh, Verse 8, so let me say to the unmarried and those who have lost their spouses, it is fine for you to remain single as I am. But if you have no power over your passions, then you should go ahead and marry, for marriage is far better than to continue to battle with lust. So again, the context of what all is coming now is in the context of our bodies being holy, our bodies belonging to the Lord, and the commonness, the, 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 the frequency or the, just the common uh, uh, reality of sexual morality. And we know the commonness of that. We know the commonness of cohabitation today, sex uh, sex before marriage. We know adultery is common. We know pornography. All of these kinds of things are common. And so uh, they're just a reality that we have to deal with. Um, 1 Corinthians 7, 10 through 11. And to those who are married, I give this charge, which is not mine, but the Lord's that the wife should not depart from her husband. But if she does, then she should either remain unmarried or reconcile with her husband, and a husband must not divorce his wife. Verse 10 tells us that the Lord's ultimate desire, his charge to us, is that husbands and wives not, don't divorce. He doesn't want us to divorce. That's very plain. It is his charge. It is his, his ultimate desire. Uh, and I stopped short of saying, uh, using the word command because of the next verse. The next verse says, but if she does, or let's just say, but if he does. And, and we ought to stop here because the word but introduces a phrase or a clause that contrasts or negates what came before. So we have the Lord's perfect will, don't divorce. But but <laughs> the next sentence starts with, but if you 
choose to divorce? Well, that's interesting. Paul says this is the Lord's charge, but still, even still, if you choose to divorce, excuse me, then remain unmarried or reconcile to your spouse. So we have to ask ourselves, why might a husband or wife choose to divorce? Well, we know one right off the bat, sexual morality, because that's been the theme of every scripture up until this point, including the ones we're reading tonight, as a problem in marriage and outside of marriage. Another reason that a husband or wife might choose to divorce is abuse, physical, emotional, and verbal abuse. Uh, God doesn't desire us to be abused by a spouse or anyone, but particularly by a spouse. We can't call that persecution in our own home. That's not God's perfect will for us. And as I said last week, some people have the grace perhaps to endure verbal abuse, but if you do have that grace, you also have the composure and ability and a deepening in your relationship with God that your identity and your personhood is not compromised in that situation. Another reason a husband or wife might choose to divorce is the use of illicit drugs or alcohol or affairs that are illegal that draw the spouse into a situation of having some legal confrontation by proximity. Um, another reason that, that I've heard is, you know, a husband that, that's not able to hold a job and lives off of his wife financially. Uh, the Bible says that he who does not provide for his family is worse than an infidel. And, and I, I say that cautiously. It's not that a, a husband, the oldest is the, the husband necessarily to be the, the, the sole breadwinner, um, but you got to contribute. You got to contribute. And I don't know what that looks like for different folks, but that could be a reason that people choose to divorce. What reasons can you think of that people might choose to divorce? Now, I also have to say this all the time. I am not advocating divorce. What I will say is this. Divorce is not the black and white issue that we have sermonized and presented in the church. It's just not consistent with Scripture. There are gray areas. They are situations and circumstances that make divorce the most loving thing a person, uh, a husband or wife can do. Now, I want to say something controversial before I pray, and I'm alerting you that it's controversial because I want you to pray about it. Um, But before I say it, let me first say this. We know from Scripture God hates divorce. And from the Old Testament, we understand that he hates divorce because of its cruelty to women. And we talked about before that in the Old Testament, the the law of Moses was made as a concession for the sin of sexual immorality that men were using. Uh, men were using to leave one wife, marry another, to satisfy their sexual appetite. And because women did not have rights and were, were considered as property, it was cruel to leave her without. And, and so divorce was a concession for sin. Uh, and here's my controversial statement. 
and I want you to consider it. I want you to uh, hear it. I want you to pray about it, but also search the scriptures for yourself and let me know uh, if you find something different uh, because we're all learning and growing in this, and, and I am as well as you. Here's my statement. Divorce was a concession to sin. Divorce is not a sin. Let me say it again. God hates divorce. We can show that to you scripturally. We can show to you that divorce was a concession to sin in the Old Testament and in Matthew 19. I cannot find the two words or a phrase in scripture uh, that says divorce is a sin. So if you can find it, it was a method, it was a remedy, it was a help, it was an intervention for a problem. And divorce itself is not a sin, sexual immorality is a sin. So I want you to really ponder that because it goes against some of the things that we have been taught that have held people stuck in place for wrong reasons. So I think I want to just drop the mic right there and pray and then just open it up for questions because I am, uh, I'm a reformer, and so I start stuff. And so I probably started some stuff in that statement. So, Father, my heart's desire is to glorify you in all ways and at all the time. My heart's desire is to rightly divide your word and to bring truth to people, God, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that the words that were spoken here tonight, the scriptures that were prayed here tonight, I pray, God, that you would illuminate them in the heart of your people. Father God, the Holy Spirit alone interprets your word. And I am praying that those that take these words tonight and read the scriptures that I have read and pray and meditate, Father, I ask that you would confirm what has been spoken here tonight. And, Lord, as always, if I have misrepresented you in any way, God, I ask you to strike it from the heart of your people, from the record, that you cause it to roll off their back like water rolls off a wet duck's back. But anything and everything that I have declared tonight that is from your word, that is from your throne, that is from your heart, I pray that it would stick to your people tonight like Velcro, God. I pray in the name of Jesus that your word would set your people free tonight, God. I thank you and I praise you, God, that as we take our life, according to John 10, 18, which you said, Lord, Jesus, no one takes my life, but I lay it down only to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. And for this reason, you said the verse before in 17, that your Father loved you. And, Father, you love us when we take responsibility for our own lives, where we lay them down and take them up again to your glory. Father, I thank you, Father God, that each one has a free will and can choose, Lord, to surrender to your word. I pray, God, that you would cleanse the motives of the heart, the, the, 
the motives of your people, God. I pray for those that are contemplating divorce tonight. I pray that this word would be shared with them, God, that they would ask the questions that were asked here tonight, God. Lord, that they would search their heart and allow your Holy Spirit to search their heart, God, that we would remain in communion with you even when divorce must be used as an intervention, God. Lord, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. I sense your glory and your presence here tonight, God. I lift up holy hands to you tonight, God. I jump for joy, God, for you inhabit the praises of your people, God. And it pleases you to glorify yourself when your people are walking in truth, oh God. Tonight, God, I declare husbands and wives will walk in truth. I declare there's a new era to marriage, God, beginning in 2020 with jumping for joy. I declare that your word will go across this nation, God, and set husbands and wives free, God, to love you and to love each other as a sovereign act of their will, God. Lord, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for everyone that consistently gets on this call, Father, and lends their faith and their support, their time, their resources, Lord, to this effort, God, and this assignment. Lord, we will stay on this wall, God, until you say otherwise, God. Lord, I thank you for all that we have need of to go forth in this nation and set our feet on on the ground of every state and U.S. territory, God. Lord, I thank you that you will supply the need according to your riches and glory for what you have called for, you will indeed provide for. And so we give you praise and glory in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I don't know about you, but I sense the presence of God all over me and around me. Hallelujah. God wants to set us free. He wants you to be free, to choose him and to choose each other. See, when you're choosing each other in marriage, there's no obligation or duty. And so we have to choose each other every single day. And sometimes we may not choose each other. And that's okay, too. But when we, when we have the mindset that I choose you, then we get rid of obligation and duty because no one wants to be obligated and dutiful. Your marriage won't thrive on obligation and duty. And while there's sometimes, yes, you might be doing something out of obligation, my hope for you tonight is that you would change your language and begin to say, I choose to be here. And with the help of the living God, he will instruct me how to best be here. He said, there is no temptation, but it's such as is common to man, and at the time of your temptation, he will make a way of escape, or he will enable you to bear up under it. And so, Father, we thank you for causing your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Amy? We've got question and answer, so I'm going to let you take over from here. I can't Wait, hear can you, you hear me? I can hear you can now. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, before we get going with the questions and answers, can you go ahead and give the replay in case someone needs to hop off? Uh, absolutely. The replay number for today, I just had it right here. I want to make sure I give you guys the right number. The replay number for today's call is 
4980. The access code is 341000-pound. And the reference code is 76-pound, 76-pound. Okay, Amy? and would you like to continue um, recording through the Q&A or stop uh, recording? Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and record, actually. Okay. What do you think? We'll just keep it recording? Sounds good. Or not? Okay, yeah, that's fine. Let's go. <laughs> okay, let's go. Sounds good. <laughs> to start off today, we have a question. Um First, from me to you, to all of you, and that is, since we've been praying together, how do you feel more connected to your spouse? You know, just for those of you who have been on for a while, um, just through prayer, I, I was interested to hear from you. How do you feel more connected? And... Um, I'll give an, an example of what I was thinking about. Like with me and my spouse, I feel more connected in that I, I feel like I'm not taking as much and demanding as much from John. I feel like I'm asking more and just being open to receive or not receive. So that's probably what I've sensed in my life the most over the past year that has been a, a shift and a change. And a tangible example of that um, was just, Thanksgiving, um, John was going to be on the road and wasn't going to be able to, to be here. And instead of trying to make it work and, and ask him to make sure he figured it out and, and stressing him out about it with his job, I just prayed about it and, um, you know, didn't really say or demand anything from him. And he actually got a load, you know, he's a trucker, he got a load to come home, and it was such a blessing, and he asked me, hey, did you call my office? I said, no, I didn't call your office, but I did pray, and we just had to laugh together, because we really felt like it was a Holy Spirit, like a, a God moment, because neither one of us had tried to make it happen, but we were on the same page with it, so um, I just wanted to know if there are any, if you guys have had experiences, or just feel more connected to your spouse. Um, just since you've been praying. And if you do or you want to comment, star six. You know, Amy, just I want to just jump in here. I think on, you know, as you were speaking, the thing that, that, um, I heard you say is, as I gave John the freedom to be who he is and respect his decisions without trying to manipulate, you also found a freedom and a peace that coincided with that. Is, would that be accurate? Yes, that is accurate. And really it's just been from our, our time praying, you know, over the past 18 months. It wasn't so something... I necessarily set out to do it just as we prayed together I can just feel that unity on the line and then um, like things going on in my heart as we pray 
I know God's the one doing the work and I'm responding and I'm just interested if, you know, how, how you guys feel, if there's anyone else that wants to share um, how just praying and, and maybe it, it doesn't have to do so much with your spouse, but just with yourself. But I just wanted to hear, you know, so that we could just give testimony to one another of, of things that have happened just by praying together. So I wanted to open the line up so anyone could comment. Thanks, Amy. Um, it's Melinda from New Jersey. Um, thank you hey, for Melinda. opening up the line. Um, just kind of wanted to make a comment. Um, I, I've been um, on these calls uh, for the last couple of weeks, um, and they've really been uh, very helpful in my situation and from what from you know answering your question the the change that i've seen is is looking mm-hmm. inward i think i'm too busy okay. looking at all his mistakes and looking at all the things he's doing wrong and you know i i'm not looking at myself cuz here i am criticizing, getting frustrated, wanting him to act a certain way, wanting him to be a certain way, um, being hurt by, you know, big or small, whatever it may be. And there's times that, you know, I just feel like my whole world's crashing down. And I had, mm-hmm. a, I had to go to the Lord with that. And, and I really had to examine what, what it was that was so hurtful and frustrating and why I couldn't get rid of it. And I think... A lot of it had to do with me. I had a, I had mm-hmm. to deal with me first, and then I had to separate myself from him, and and deal with my own. And that's helped me a lot these last couple of weeks. I've had a lot of peace about mm-hmm. it. Um, I tore apart my closet and I made it a prayer closet. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I bar- barricaded myself in um, getting um, closer to God. I think it's helping me look at him with a different set of eyes. Um, I'm not looking at him so much as his, uh, let's just say, jealous wife. I'm looking at him with the eyes of the Lord so that I could, mm-hmm. so that I don't put so much of my own feelings into it and let, and let God deal with him and let God deal with me and then and now I'm having some peace about it. So I don't know if that answered your question. But it's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> it really does. Just it's so encouraging to hear you and to see that God you know, that God's doing this through us kind of across the board because that, that really resonates. That really resonates with me. That's exactly because <laughs> That's it, looking inward. Yeah, and God bless you. Kind of um, not playing the blame game. game. Yeah, exactly. You know, but her, she's, her, you're so soothing, your voice and, and everything that you give, and I've really been listening. I'm just blessed to be mentored by you. I just feel like I'm getting a lot out of uh, these prayer calls. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you God for sharing. You. Is there anyone else who would like to share regarding a testimony? 
Well, I'd like to open it up then if you have any questions. It can be about um, tonight or previous calls as well, um, about whatever the scripture we covered or the prayers we prayed. If anyone has a question, just go ahead and, and star six. Alrighty then, don't all jump at once. Okay. <laughs> and as we're thinking about that, I, I have another question, and, and if you think of one, just jump on and start six. But I also have a, a, a question for everyone. As we're moving on to phase two, as you think about your state and, and us um, coming to your state to pray and and just gather and fellowship. I just want to leave it open and see if anyone has any comments or if Holy Spirit has laid it on anyone's heart. Any comments about phase two and, and jumping for joy? Is there anything God has laid on your heart um, just to share with us or, or a comment or just anything um, you feel we need to take into consideration? I wanted to open the line in that regard as well. Hi, it's me again. Get right ahead. I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. <laughs> no, don't. Thank you for commenting. I I live for this. I mean, this is this is this is my whole therapy. You know, this is what I'm. This is what I do. I I get in my closet and and I take advantage of everything the Lord is is throwing my way. So. I am definitely looking forward to it. Um, I'm going to get on the website um, and look at it. I'm in New Jersey. Um, my concern is there's Jersey is so huge, like other states, obviously. I'm in a section called Clifton. So I don't know okay. how or where, what part. I'm, I don't know if you even know Clifton. I'm near Newark, which is kind of famous, like maybe 20 minutes out of Manhattan. Um, so that's where I'm at. So I don't know if you're looking okay. for like a central place for us to meet or or how it's going to work, but um, honestly, I do have to get on the website and and get the information that you're looking for. Okay, well I'll tell you this: it's not complicated. We're actually truly wanting to to be grassroots and go with like wherever you're at. That's your jurisdiction, and if you are welcoming us to your area then we're willing to come and, and see what works best in your area, wherever that is in New Jersey. So where you're at, that's where we want to come to. Great. That, you know, or wherever your, your connections are, Kim, I don't know if you want to jump in on that, but really um, we want it to be simple. Where you're at, that's where yeah. we want to come. I, I, I like the way we want to keep it simple. I think for each state <clears throat> we'll talk with, the ambassador or the representative from that state, and we will plan. Uh, we will plan accordingly, so that we'll see what kinds of things work best. I mean, there's logistics in terms of, uh, you know, flying in or driving. Where is? I, I think there are a lot of details, and certainly we need people on the logistical team as we go right. to each state. Because once we have a template, we can apply that template to every state. So one of the right. things we will need is a template 
And those of you who are logistical, like to plan trips, all that stuff, we need your help. Um, that that level of detail, I can do this. That level of detail, um, we're going to have to look to to others. So yes, if that is a skill of yours, a strength, logistics, all of that stuff, we're going to need your help. But specifically to each state, we want to keep it as simple as simple as possible. Okay. Comment. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Michael from uh, Hollywoodland, California. I God bless you, sir. Well, thank you very much, and I'm uh, very appreciative of uh, this uh, uh, prayer phone net and, and, and instructional time. Kathy and I have been married for 36 years. I, I think one thing that drew me to her was the fact that she prayed, she read scripture, uh, she prayed in the spirit, uh, and um, probably the most unique time, uh, or one of the most, that uh, we uh, looked back together uh, was when I was driving our pickup truck with an overhead camper, uh, probably about 70 miles an hour, and we had a rear tire blowout. Uh, the camper started fishtailing. Kathy started praying in the spirit, uh, shouting. I joined her. Uh, we flipped uh, and and came back up on our uh, wheels. And uh, there were four ambulances that came to take us away. Uh, we we <laughs> we sent them away. Uh, the people that stopped behind us uh, were amazed. But we had felt that the angels, were, uh, God's angels, were watching out over us and uh, were grateful uh, just, just for his love and compassion. This, uh, this, this prayer and instructional time is a real blessing. I'll just uh, echo that and uh, say thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much for sharing. Wow, that is that is encouraging um, to hear just how you guys have been together for so long and, and a praying wife, um, just amazing, and how you guys both joined in to prayer together. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. You're entirely welcome. Do we have anyone else? Oh, go ahead. Michael? No, I was done. I just wanted to share that one incident uh, plus appreciation for this. I'm not able to check in at 6. I've got another prayer meeting that goes till about 6.15 on Wednesdays. But uh, this this is a blessing. Thank you. Carry on. Don't stop. Oh, thank you so much for the encouraging word. Thank you so much. Hi, this is Sabina from Los Angeles. Hi, Sabina. Hi. I just wanted to say... Go right ahead. Okay. I just wanted to say uh, I'm not married. However, I come here on the line to support your work. Um, I believe in that. So when you guys are breaking scriptures, then of course I listen, but most of the time I just pray in the spirit to 
undergird uh, your ministry, um, uh, Minister Kim and um, and of you. Uh, so apparent, you know, obviously, it is a different perspective uh, for a single person who has never been married and who is not quite a spring chicken anymore. So, um, but again, thank you for uh, for your work. It is a total different perspective from people who are seeking partnership and marriage because we face a whole different reality. It's so beautiful that the gentleman who just spoke, Michael, um, it's so beautiful to still being able to hear people who have been married for many decades. That is something which is so rare. Uh, we, we face something uh, absolutely, uh, totally different. I mean, as, as, as singles who are seeking marriage, especially if you have been saved for multiple decades, it takes truly the spirit of God to reveal even in dreams to you when it comes to sexual immorality and whatnot. You can't date there. You can't date there because, you know what, undercover, in the closet, bisexuality, hidden homosexuality, fruitalism, uh, all that type of stuff. Church is full of women, no, not men. So we have a different perspective. But in anything and in any event, I just wanted to say thank you for taking on um, the prayer mountain and uh, doing the will of God. Thank you for that. And I do uh, continue to uh, stay on the line and undergird you in prayer. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you, Sabina. We do need prayer. We need support and knowing you're there praying throughout. Thank you so much. We are grateful, truly grateful. Glory to God, of course. Kim, do you have any more um, questions to go out or anyone else have um, anything else before we wrap it up? Well, I just I want to encourage people to go back and listen. You know, God is uh, creating new wineskins for new wine. And if we're going to fulfill the destiny that God has for us, as husbands and wives, and and each assignment, each couple has a different assignment. And so our marriages may not look the same, but it should be the self-same spirit working through all in all. And the the kingdom principles of love and of patience and of self-control should be apparent because that they are they are the person of Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that we stop stuffing husbands and wives into these prefabricated prefabricated boxes of how they should think, how they should behave without knowing the call of God on each one's life. You know, we're just dealing with different variables, uh, different circumstances. We're, we're, we're far, far gone from the Joan and Beaver Cleaver marriage. Many wives aren't able to stay home and not work. So there's been a whole shifting. What should not shift is the God that is working through all and all. And he should be apparent in each of us, regardless of our assignments, regardless of what that looks like. Um, you know, there's just so many different circumstances and setups between husbands and wives today 
because of all that's going on and because of just the pressures and the cares of this, this world. I remember reading uh, in, in Charisma Magazine a couple years ago, 25 things that make a godly husband. And I was like, what? You know, I, I, don't, I can't imagine the weight and the burden that we put on husbands and even wives, but, but certainly to husbands that, to, to tote and to carry that God hasn't put on them. And so I just encourage you, and I am just passionate that husbands and wives will be set free to love as a sovereign act of their will, to choose each other, not out of obligation and duty. While that might be the case, that that's not the lifestyle of the marriage. The lifestyle of marriage is one of choice, the one of desire, the one of I want to be there. A wife has a page, a life, a husband has a page and a life, and then they have created this other page. And each one gets to decide how much time they're going to live on this page that they've created together with their goals. And sometimes you may not want to put your whole self on that third page. And some days you put everything on that third page. But, but, but our lives, we're individuals, and somehow in marriage it gets lost. But, but it takes all of us and all of what God is doing in each husband and wife to fulfill the assignment that God has given that husband and wife. You know, I look at Deborah. Deborah was a prophet. Uh, she was also, she went to war with Barrett. Deborah was married to Lapid. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but Lapidoth. And there's maybe one or two lines in scripture about him. But she was a she was a warrior. And she went out with Barrett to war. And so, you know, I just encourage us and want us to be free in the truth of God's word in the area of marriage. I love you guys. I bless you. I thank you so much for supporting and being on here every week. We honor you and just thank God for you. I pray that your holidays will be outstanding, that whatever you need to let go of to enjoy each other during the holiday, I pray it be so in Jesus' name. And we will see you on the call next week, God willing. Let me give you the replay number once again, 605-475-4980. The access code is 341-000-POUND. And the reference code for tonight's call is 76-POUND. Well, I love you. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amy, thank you so much for all you do. And everyone on the line, have a great evening. Thank you.